Today's episode of the Natural Habitat Podcast is brought to you by a brand new sponsor. Who? Our brand new sponsor today is PoopSenders.com. A what? Now, do you have an enemy? Somebody yep. that you hate? Yep. Somebody that you look at, maybe it's on social media, they come across your feed and you're like, you motherfucker. I hate, All the time. I hate you. And you know, you're just too grown up to like go to their house and slap them around in front of their kids. Yeah. Well, PoopSenders.com has the remedy for this. And the remedy oh, yeah? is you pay PoopSenders.com and you provide them with their address. Not your address, okay? Don't put your address on this. You put your enemy's address, your ex's address, your, your asshole of a boss, their address on it, and they get sent a box of nice, fresh, stinky animal shit. All right? Nice. Every month, it's a different shit. They have like a themed poop. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's an elephant. Sometimes it's a bear. Sometimes it's a horse. You never really know what you're going to get. But they definitely are going to get shit in a sealed package at their house. So they'll get it. It'll look nice. They'll be like, what is this? It's, it's, it's addressed to me. Looks like it could be nice. They open it, break the seal, and now there's shit all over the place. They're going to be some poo connoisseurs. Mm-hmm. And now there's this weirdo just with a bag of shit in front of his family. And everyone's like, what are you doing, Jerry? Nice. Why do you have that? And he's like, no, it, it was, it was a, it was, it was a, it was a gag. Someone sent it to me. And they're like, no, it says that you ordered this and it's completely untraceable, completely anonymous. They won't be able to find out you did it. So go to poopsenders.com, P-O-O-P-S-E-N-D-E-R-S.com and get some payback, motherfuckers. That's some maniacal shit. That's probably our most maniacal sponsor ever. <laughs> I know. That was cool. I like that. Mm -hmm. So um, today, we're doing a special Saturday matinee. We're going to wrap up Shark Week. And we're doing a film that we all know and love. And that is Jowls. 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 So. Things on the mouth. Yeah. It's like, uh, wasn't that like. A bad guy from Bond or something like that? Funny thing about a shark is his eyes. Black eyes, like a doll's eyes. Did you say black eyes? I said black ice, <laughs> like a doll's eyes. You said black guys? Uh, no, we're not starting off on on that. Okay, I said black eyes. Eyes. Wait, all right. If Y E S spells yes. Then what does black E-Y-E-S spell? <laughs> Welcome to the Natural Habitat Podcast. My name is Mikey Booyah. My name is... I didn't think this far ahead. And yeah. Robert Plant is joining me today. Yeah, eggplant. Thank, Robert Eggplant. Robert Eggplant. Thank you for being here. Um, so uh, today is a special day. We are going to be relaxing in the theater. We, uh, we are not doing a commentary today. I got the AC going. Mm-hmm. AC pumping. Got the turtle tank bubbling. It's like bubbly. <laughs> okay, we were we were trying to we were trying to resolve something before the show, 
So any listeners out there, if you ever hear Joey's turtle tank or air conditioning unit that he refuses to turn off when we record episodes, then I want you to email him at unknowndropout at gmail.com. <laughs> that sounds like it could be right. could be pretty close. <laughs> you can try it. <laughs> yeah, give it a shot. Or just find him somewhere and be like, hey, man. Uh, Turn that shit off, bro. I'm trying to listen to the podcast. Yeah. Hey, but, you know it's fucking hot. It is. It's horribly hot. Right oh, now, I don't know. When, I don't know where you are, listener, or when you're listening to this, but right now, it's summer. Yeah, in in California, it's like a desert. Hey, you know what I just saw that was kind of disturbing? What's Not that? To get too sidetracked, but I saw this report of like the jet stream crossing the equator. Yeah, I saw that too, and I didn't really understand it. Can you explain it? It's not something that normally happens because, like, the northern jet stream stays up in the northern hemisphere. Uh-huh. And there's a opposite one that stays on the southern hemisphere. They're not supposed to cross. Yeah. They're supposed to stay on their own sides. And they fucking crossed over each other? Yeah. And now it's, like, mixing and shit. That's weird. It's fucked up. Has that ever happened it's, before? No. It's not supposed to happen. Uh, Shit. I mean, like, I don't know if it's ever, yeah. ever, but I mean, like, not in recent times, no. And it's like, it's going to fuck up weather patterns and shit. Yeah. As if they're not already fucked up already. Yeah. Enough. So. Already. <laughs> Threw too many already's in there. Uh, well, I have, I have a sidebar as well. That is, What's that? That's probably a lot less important than yours, but... I noticed my my local radio station that I haven't been listening to for years uh, is going out of business. They just recently closed. It's called 107.3 The Rock. <laughs> Boo-hoo. We don't get to hear Creed and Metallica anymore. Who the fuck cares? No more Nickelback. But during the mornings, they had, uh, you know, their regular morning shows and, uh, you know, how they have on every station and how they broadcast all over the place. But... We had uh, Bob and Tom, as well as um, Jeff and Which Jeremy. Which is a syndicated show yeah. that's like on hella radio stations, not just this one. Yeah, so they're not they're not even like local, you know what I yeah. mean? And then uh, and then we also have Jeff and that is less famous than Bob and Tom, just kind of famous around here. And both of them have taken all of their back catalog shows and put them on iTunes in like a podcast form and are now releasing new episodes as podcasts when there was always this you know disrespect and we were always looked down upon from the radio world because we thought that they're like oh you think that you're doing radio but you're just fucking you're just a wannabe radio dj that has a podcast and then now that they're not making any money and their stations are closing they're gonna come into our game and start making podcasts yeah. So fuck that. And you can't take your back catalog and have years and years of podcasts that you've been recording all while you've been hating on podcasts. You know what I mean? I mean, like, they can, but they're not going to get any new listeners, I don't think. You know, like, check this out. Their terrestrial radio listeners haven't switched to listening to podcasts. Yeah, because they still listen to the radio. Yeah, so like... So there's your market. Gone. They're not going to make the transition. Yeah. You know what I mean? The podcast listeners Shit. already already listen to podcasts if, and are already like 
you know, in a different realm. It's not like it's not like uh, Joe Rogan's gonna lose listeners to fucking Bob and Tom or something like that. That <laughs> yeah. would never happen. And it's like, uh, you know, maybe if anything, say if 25% of their listener base goes, I want to listen to Bob and Tom still, so I'm going to download an app or I'm going to fucking, you know, figure out how a podcast works and start listening. And then they start finding other podcasts that are actual real podcasts and then go, wow, this is what a podcast is. I've been listening to this fucking like, you know, (laughs) like this bullshit fucking put together radio show Yeah. when... I really want this unedited podcast of people just talking unedited for hours. So then they start getting into the podcast world, more and more finding them every day. So Yeah, fuck those guys. They don't got Saturday matinees. And we are currently climbing the charts in society and culture on, uh, on iTunes, our new category that we've been placed in because iTunes contacted us and they were like, look, guys, you guys are constantly talking about culture. And I think you're really influential in society. So we're going to change you into society and culture. And also, you guys aren't funny. So That's what we heard. Yeah, that's what we heard. But um, we're currently climbing the charts. So go and show us support in iTunes. Allegedly. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, it's true. It's true. All right. Uh, what's, what's on the agenda? All right. Today's <clears throat> film. Jowls. This is the classic shark film. This is the one that fucking started it all. And, you know, it's only right that it be our Saturday matinee for Sharks Week. Sharks Week. Sharks Week. Not to be confused with Shark Week, which is owned by Discovery Channel. Yeah. We got to switch it up. Yeah, we can't say it. So, Sharks Week is now our thing. Mm -hmm. So, uh, let's, uh, let's get a smoke session going. Yeah. You ready to get into that? Yeah, let's do that, and then we'll get into some fucking sharks facts. You know what? That sounds great. Uh, let's see. I have my very last dab. Holy shizzle. Yeah, it's a sad, it's a sad, sad world. So uh, I'm not allowed to dab because it makes too much noise. So do you have any dabs left? Yeah, I got lots. Uh, well, how about you heat up your nail? And I will just do some magic stuff and erase it. Here, look. I'm going to magically heat up your nail right now with my mind powers. Are you ready? And all right. Check your nail. Is it hot? Don't touch it. Sizzling. Well, there you go. Are you serious? (laughs) Fucking YouTube ads. Every time. I thought this page was up. All right. uh, Here is... A classic score from our friend John Williams from the Jaws soundtrack. Nice and simple. Easy goes it. (laughs) (coughs) 
I gotta cough a little bit more. I'm just gonna play it out. All right. Ugh, I'm back. Whew. All right. Um, so, John Williams, <laughs> I, I read this story about um, John Williams was creating the, uh, the music for Jaws, and he made the original Jaws score, which is Donna, Donna, Donna. And it just goes like that, right? And then he played it for Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg laughed and was like, that's funny, John. But really, uh, what, what, do you, what do you have in mind for the Jaws theme? And he later said that without Williams' score, the movie would only be half as successful. And according to John Williams, it jump-started his career. So sometimes... The Fucking field goal, bro. He yeah. made it. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I would have took it as a joke too. I'd be like, "Are you fucking kidding me, John? <laughs> okay, are you fucking kidding me? Now give me the score that I paid for." Yeah. And he's holy like, "No, shit, this is it. Jay. That's, That's a fucking holy shit, Jay moment right there. You know what I'm saying? Like that should be a new segment for us. Holy shit, Jay moments. <laughs> fucking John Williams approaching Steven Spielberg with the Donna. Just creating suspense and like in two keys, you know, it's fucking hilarious, bro. It's so funny. And that's how he lives. That's how like I imagine I saw this video about like how John Williams lives his life, like goes throughout his day, like composing every fucking action of his life. Yeah, it was hilarious. I don't like it was a not really him. It was a fucking comedy video but it was funny as shit and and like that's how i really picture him you know like he probably goes out throughout his day like you know just creating tunes for everything like he lives he never lost like the inner child or whatever you know what i'm saying like he has that imagination that just like allows him to create these crazy things like that you know i think that's like really important for a lot of artists i think a lot of artists are really like for whatever reason, like in touch with their like childhood. Yeah, and it's cool that it's cool that uh, not only did he make this iconic Jaws theme so so basic and like suspenseful, but when Steven Spielberg laughed at it, he wasn't like, "Oh yeah, let me let me make something new and crazy." He was like, "No, this is it, and this is gonna work, and it's gonna be cool." <laughs> like fucking yeah, yeah, and you just have to trust him because he fucking knows, you know, he had it in him. He knew what was it, what was gonna be. Yep. Nobody could tell him. You know, like that's really that's really how it is when you know when you when you're original and you know like how something should be. I mean, like yeah, you just stick to your guns. You yeah. know, like he's, you just he's do, so smart. You just do what you do, and people will find it eventually. And that he, just, he strikes a chord with your like soul almost. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he gets it. He understands people's relationships to tones and things. You know yeah. what I mean? And he like. He understands the importance of like what tones invoke what feelings naturally, you know. I mean, like that—that's not something that us even comprehend. But he just gets that off of like whatever brainwaves he has, you know. Like he just fucking produces this shit. Yeah. He understands. He can see it. What well, we can't, you know. Yeah, he definitely speaks through his music more than anybody else. I think. 
Yeah, he's like the... And he's not even playing most of it. He's just orchestrating it. He's the soundtrack to our lives. Fuck yeah. And that is a great segue to um, our new segment on the show, which is uh, Motivational Moments. So here is a motivational moment (coughs) for y'all. Dismissed from drama school with a note that read, wasting her time, she's too shy to put her best foot forward. Oh, who's that? Lucille Ball? Turned down by the Decca recording company who said, we don't like their sound and guitar music is on the way out. What, y'all don't like the Beatles? A failed soldier, farmer, and real estate agent. At 38 years old, he went to work for his father as a handyman. What you know about Ulysses S. Grant? Cut from the high school basketball team, he went home, locked himself in his room, and cried. The crybaby Michael Jordan's face. (laughs) Learn anything, and he should go into a field where he might succeed by virtue of his pleasant personality. Thomas Edison, pleasant personality. Because he lacked imagination and had no original ideas. Talk about Walt His Disney. fiance died. He failed in business twice. He had a nervous breakdown, and he was defeated in eight elections. Abraham motherfucking Lincoln. If you've never failed, you've never lived. Powerful stuff. That's dope. Right. Fucking a. And that just that just goes to show, man, that you can uh, you can't listen to people that try to discourage you, like Steven Spielberg, and laugh at your songs that you make. <laughs> you just gotta, <laughs> you just got to keep going, man, and you become hey, John Williams. Yep, Steven Spielberg trusted him, which is dope. Yeah. He was like, "Okay, John, whatever. We're both on mad cocaine together, so we might as well make this happen. Let's just hold our breath and get through it." So, um, I. Uh, I have a whole bunch of memories watching this movie as a child. There was a, it was like the iconic, I think through Shark Week, it would always come on. It would always be on during Shark Week. And fucking, I remember, uh, Universal Studios. The ride yeah. was dope. They have, they have the actual Jaws from the movie. They have it still. Uh huh. And that's super fresh, man. It's cool that this, this small thing, and, like, when you watch the movie, the movie doesn't really have a lot of elements to it. You know what I mean? There's not, like, a lot of side stories. It doesn't need it. It's yeah. just a perfect in it's, it's the three, way it is. It's three dudes hunting for a giant fish. And, yeah, yeah, that's really all it needs to be. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it just, uh, it, it's dramatic in itself. You know, it has enough to it where, like, it's just a perfect, simple plot. It could just happen over and over and over. It's just, like. Uh, Freddy or Jason movie or like any you know any campy horror movie you know like yeah. they're all the same they p- take one little story and flip it over and over let's let's ruin it for some people <laughs> <laughs> here uh real quick that's our, that's our best part yeah real quick I read I just found this thing about John Williams that he conducted the orchestra during the Academy Awards in 1976 and this movie came out in 75 so he won uh the oscar for the best movie score of the year and he had to run up to the podium accept his oscar and then run back and continue conducting the orchestra so he had to do he had to like get his thing say something and then run back real quick and then fucking like play himself off stage hell yeah that's gangster shit that's super dope, man. I fucking I wonder if there's video of that. 
Yeah, I'm sure there is. He's a boss. Yeah. Um. So. This uh, this dynamic of characters, I think that they did they did a good job. This was back when movies meant something. You know what I mean? And uh, when everything was done for all these different reasons and things were supposed to hit you subliminally and shit. And I think that there's like these three characters for a reason. There's there's the cop that is like you know straight edge, fucking you know lawman, and then there's the drunk old sea captain that's just like and then there's the in-between guy who's just kind of like kind of the nerd but also he like looks up on the captain at one point they like get in a fight and he's like fuck you old man and like gets all crazy so it's like the perfect like line of characters to where they don't really none of them seem like they would be on a boat together is what i'm getting at you know what i mean so it's yeah. cool that they threw them all together it created a lot of cool experiences, and I found out that Robert Shaw and Richard Dreyfus, who are the old drunk guy and the nerd guy, they argued all the time offset because. Yeah, but oh yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, they argued offset all the time, and that gave them like real tension during the movie. When they got to yell at each other as their characters, they would use some of that hatred that they had, but they couldn't yell at each other in real life because it would like. Yeah you know, cause a lot of problems. So they would actually use that anger and be like, ah, and it made for, you know, made for a good, good movie. Yeah. I think that, I think that the characters were random for a reason because like, you know, when that type of shit happens, when somebody fucking dies in the shark attack or something, people like rally up and like, yeah. Want to go hunt the fucking shark. You know what I'm saying? So it's always like a combination of like random people involved. Yeah. You know, so like it's a fitting, it's a fitting generic scenario, you know, like to obviously there needs to be a captain with a boat, probably needs to be like a cop and then somebody in relation to whoever fucking, you know, whoever got killed or something. So I think that like, you know, in a sense, it's just the basics yeah of the, of the scenario that's how it would be it's just some random people together and then fucking night falls and they're all just on a boat together drinking yeah and that is my favorite part of the movie and probably in my opinion one of the best monologues in cinema history is the indianapolis speech that happens when they're all drinking at night under the boat all and right. i have it right here so i'm gonna play some of it and then uh, I got a fresh-ass story about it, too. So you might recognize it after you hear it going a little bit. No distress signal had been sent. <laughs> they didn't even list us overdue for a week. Very first light, Chief. Sharks come cruising. So we formed ourselves into tight groups. You know, it's kind of like old squares in a battle, like you see in a calendar, like the Battle of Waterloo, and the idea was, shark comes to the nearest man, that man, he start pounding and hollering and screaming, sometimes the shark go away. Sometimes he wouldn't go away. Sometimes that shark, he looks right into you, right into your eyes. You know the thing about a shark, he's got 
lifeless eyes, black eyes like a doll's eyes. When he comes at you, doesn't seem to be living until he bites you. And those black eyes roll over white and then... Oh, then you hear that terrible high-pitched screaming. The ocean turns red. In spite of all the pounding and the hollering, they all come in and they rip you to pieces. That's crazy. You know, by the end of that first dawn, lost a hundred men. I don't know how many sharks, maybe a thousand. I don't know how many men, the average six an hour. On Thursday morning, Chief, I bumped into a friend of mine, Herbie Robinson from Cleveland. Baseball player. Yeah, I don't care about Herbie Robinson's backstory. Uh, yeah. That shit's fucking crazy, dude. Like, what's... Uh, I didn't know that there was black ice on the on the sea like there is on the road, you know? Yeah, it's, I didn't know that either. You learn something new every day. And yeah. I think that that story was based on an actual shark attack that happened that I was watching on Shark Week the other day where a bunch of Atlantic white tips fucking just ate a bunch of people that sunk on this shit over like two days. They just picked them all off and ate like 150 people. Fuck sharks. You buy it? What? Do you buy it? You think it's real? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I don't think sharks eat people. I think sharks eat people. I think they eat people all the time. But uh, one one thing that I was reading about was that Robert Shaw, the guy who just did that monologue, um, had a uh, notorious alcohol problem. He was a raging alcoholic. This was back in the 70s where people were drinking and smoking and doing cocaine openly on movie sets. You know what I mean? Like, it was no big deal. And so he would be drinking all the time. And... Everyone said that he was really nice when he was sober, but once he, as soon as he started drinking, he would get competitive and be like an asshole and shit. And what happened was uh, he tried to do that scene drunk because they were all drinking. Like in the scene, they're all drinking late at night on the boat. So he was like, I'll just get drunk for real. And then it'll like make it realistic because I'll really be drunk and telling the story. And he butchered it, and they couldn't even use any of it. So he felt bad about it, called Steven Spielberg uh, later that night and asked if he could give it another try the next day. So they set it up, and he gave that monologue in one take, and he was, like, completely sober and did it all one take. And I think it was, I think it was really good, you know what I mean? That would be something that you would play if I was teaching, like, a drama class I'd be like, this is how you give a fucking monologue, and I'd put it on, because it was, it was perfect, right? you know what I mean? I was sucked into it, and then John Williams came in, <coughs> made it feel all eerie halfway through. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah, it's a cool movie. I mean, like, it's crazy that it still has such a high standard amongst people, you know? Like, people still love it like they do, mm-hmm. because it's such an old movie. You know, like, people love the shit out of Jaws. It became, like, a... What? That was the first... The first cult classic. Yeah, it was. It was one of the first, for sure. And it was fucking... It was huge. It spawned... I don't know how many shark movies Jaws spawned. I I think it was the very first, like, cult classic movie that really, like, 
showed people how to do this shit. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. But uh it's definitely it's definitely one of my cult classics on my list for sure. Yeah. And uh speaking of we were talking about the shark earlier, how they have it on at Universal Studios. I got this fresh ass scene right here of old man Quint getting eaten by the shark. If uh if you want to watch it. We can watch this shit in real life. A fucking nineteen seventy shark attack. <laughs> <laughs> and see how it was uh how it was portrayed in the media. Cause this was the first uh, you know, fear campaign that was unleashed against sharks to turn America against sharks and keep people out of the waters. What well, was Jaws? Yeah. It was all just a, a smear campaign because sharks really have medicinal qualities like marijuana and they just want to keep us away from it. But I, much like my marijuana use, also use sharks and I don't give a fuck about the laws and eventually people will come around. <laughs> no? No. You don't think sharks can have any medicinal purposes and they're trying to keep it away from us like weed? No. Oh. I guess it's just me. All right. Let's see the shark attack. Maybe. Um. Maybe. That was pretty brutal. <laughs> yeah, that shit is scary as a kid for sure. Fuck yeah! And then he just fucking it looked like pretty, like it could have been real as a kid. You know, you don't really like notice. Yeah, and then he just pulls him back down under. Yeah, it was pretty cool, man. It it captured your imagination for sure. Yeah, it would have been creepy to be inside of that shark, even though it was fake. To yeah. be to be in the ocean with your yeah. legs inside of that giant fucking shark mouth. So here's a fact. Oh, you got a fact, huh? I got a fact. I don't think you have to say here's a fact. The shark doesn't fully appear in a shot until one hour and 20 minutes into the two-hour film. Damn. So it's just, it's all sneaky because, and hidden? No, because it never worked. <laughs> <laughs> so that shark scene, like, that was like hella deep into the movie. After an hour and a half into the movie. Yeah, that was almost at the end. Because they were sinking already. And so, like, that's why they had to make up other things, like the barrels, the yellow barrels. Yeah. And, like, they'd have to do a lot of scenes and stuff like that. She'd find other things because the shark never worked. Find things to imply that the shark was there? Yeah. So the shark didn't work, like the fucking robotics weren't working. Yeah. And they were like, well, we got this shark, but it's all fucked up. So we got, we got (laughs) got all these cameras on this boat here. Yeah, we might as well we gotta, shoot something. Gotta make some other shit work because this ain't happening right now. See, that's balling on a budget. Well, and that's a uh, testament to fucking creativeness of Spielberg and everybody. Also, yeah. You know, Fuck it, watch this. <laughs> There's something down there. Look at it, it's pulling the barrel down. 
yeah, it just yeah, that's awesome. You know what I'm saying? Like that's pretty ingenious. It's simple. Yeah, it's good and thinking. Like, oh, look, something's pulling the boat. Whatever, you know. Like, yeah, that's real shit. Yeah, and then you just empire shark, and then show yeah. a, show a fin every once in a while. Yeah, that's dope. And just show through the shark's eyes, which is also scary and really cheap. You just need an underwater camera. And you're like, oh, look, there's got to be a shark because I'm looking through its eyes right now. So I think that that's what we need to start doing on our show is implying that we yeah. have, like every day we should imply that we have a, like a guest, a high-profile guest that just never gets on the mic. Like, I mean, right. I guess today Keanu Reeves is here. He's not really high-profile, but I mean, I guess he could work for today. <laughs> so we could just like, you know, we could say that Keanu Reeves is uh, Christopher Walken. He was going to come on the show, but he decided to do some dishes instead. <laughs> he got nervous, did some dishes, because I showed him some weird porn. Uh, yeah, so, you know, uh, Christopher Walken is here as Keanu Reeves, or I mean vice versa. And he uh, actually is afraid of sharks, so he's just petrified right now. Which is understandable. So, have you been uh, have you been watching Shark Week? You been getting down on Shark Week at all? Yep. Did you see the thing that was uh, that was all about uh, the bull sharks swimming up in the rivers of Cambodia? Yep. Yeah, that shit was crazy, huh? I saw all of it. And how about that part when the alligator was like, oh, yep, crazy, so crazy, yep. But uh, I was, I actually was watching that bull shark thing, and um, it Shark Week turned into an episode of fucking Alligator Week. Yeah. And it started. It happens. Yeah, they started talking about alligators and how dope they were and how huge they were, and uh, the one alligator that I saw last night was fucking. Uh-huh. It, it was like twenty five feet long. They're gonna do shark versus crocodile. That's what they're gonna do next. Are they? Yep, they're gonna have an epic battle because they're both saltwater creatures. Yeah, they uh, they they were talking about the bull sharks and how they swim up into the river to get away from all the bigger sharks out in the ocean because they have some sort of like thing in their body where they could process the fresh water because it would kill like most other sharks. But they uh, they're constantly peeing when they are swimming it like their urination cycle speeds up by 15 percent so they're just like constantly pissing it out so they can survive in there but then they have to fight the crocodiles and it turns into this whole big old thing so it was nuts it was crazy and you should put some in a lake yeah some bull sharks in a lake yeah fuck yeah why not why not let's yeah. create a fucking shark lake yeah they're only the most violent sharks in the world let's put them in a lake this week on Shark Week. Shark, shark Lake. <laughs> we got Shark Lake. <laughs> shark Lake on Sharks Week. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. We're going to okay, pitch. Here's, we should here's pitch another, Discovery uh, Channel with that. Yeah, we, maybe. Oh, you got here, another here, fact? Here's another shark fact. What is it? The shark, the mechanical shark in the movie weighed 12 tons. It was 25 feet long. The, mechanic, no the mechanical shark? Yeah, no wonder it didn't work. Holy shit. Should have thought that one too. Yeah. Nice. Did you say 12 tons? Yeah, 12 tons. What the fuck? Yeah, that shit ain't working. 
Yeah. In the fucking salt water ocean. Man, that's insane. Yeah, yeah you I'm gotta right. make it huge. It's twelve tons, and it's gotta be all waterproof and shit. Yeah. So I, um. I probably would have made it like out of wood or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we save, saved a lot in weight. Or aluminum instead of steel. Put like fucking fiberglass over it or something. So uh, I found out that Steven Spielberg was not the original director of Jaws. Did you know that? Who was? They, uh, they met up with someone. They actually don't give this guy any name credit at all. But they say that the first person was fired after a meeting with producers and studio executives. In the meeting, he said that his opening shot would have the camera come out of the water to show the town and then the whale would come out of the water. And the producer said that they wouldn't work with someone who didn't know the difference between a whale and a shark. So he just used the wrong word. They were yeah. like, they were like, we're doing the shark thing. We got this giant shark. And then he was like, all right, then the whale's going to come out. And then they were like, what the fuck, whale? What are you talking about, whale? It's not Moby Dick, and asshole. They were like, hey, <laughs> you're, you're out of here. Uh, that's probably something they said. Yeah, that's actually that actually is quoted in here. The producer said that they were not making quote Moby Dick, and would not work with someone who didn't know the difference between a whale and a shark. So, so yeah, the first guy would have been the the director of Jaws, but he probably would have fucked it up, and he probably would have told John Williams to make a better song, and he probably would have been fucking feeding what's his face Robert Shaw alcohol the whole time. So yeah, I'm glad he didn't get the job. <laughs> okay, it says uh, they nicknamed the shark Bruce after Spielberg's lawyer. Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> he was a shark. Crazy. Yeah. And uh, the lawyer also represents uh, Demi Moore, Ben Stiller, and Clint Eastwood. Is that why, uh, wasn't the shark's name uh, Bruce in like Finding Nemo or whatever? I don't know. Or uh, Shark's Shark's Tale or one of those Disney shark movies? Probably like was, Shark's Was tale. it Finding Nemo where they came across the sharks? I don't know. Huh. Didn't you just see Finding Dory? Yeah. <laughs> I did, but they just picked up where they left off from in Nemo. They didn't, like, go over the whole Nemo. Yeah. I want to say that the shark's name was Bruce. And that'd be cool because that ties together with uh, with Jaws. It ties the universes together which is dope yeah another uh, another fresh fact about this film is that 25% of the movie is filmed at water level so that the viewer has the perspective as if they're treading water and swimming in the ocean nice so like you're vulnerable you feel vulnerable that's kind of fucked up yeah and Steven Spielberg wanted to do it that way so he has hella shots and He's it's like <laughs> it's about a quarter of the movie. He's like, imagine you're just there in the water. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, fuck that. I, I was I was imagining I was in the water for a second, and then I was like, nah. Nope, not me. Yeah, you got to get yourself out of that headspace. Yeah, I'm never doing that. Because, mm -mm. nope. I'm, nope. I'm never going on a cruise ship. No? I'm never fucking... I don't even want to fly over the ocean. 
Can we can we just fly over the land? Yeah, fuck that. I'll never fly over the ocean. Yeah, I'm not I'm not into it. I don't like no triangles, no Bermudas. I, I would, like no motherfucking. I would <laughs> much I would much rather crash in a plane in a plane on land and die. Fuck yeah, then, no, not die. But. Then crash then crash in the ocean and be stuck <clears throat> in the ocean for you know a couple Any days. Amount of time. Yeah, and Any maybe amount of time. and maybe die or maybe you know not. I would literally have a fucking heart attack if I landed in the middle of the ocean. Right? It would be worse than like. Would you rather landing in, landing in the middle of the ocean would be like worse than like fucking like being stuck on a skyscraper or something? Yeah. Being stuck on a skyscraper isn't that bad at all. No, I'd be like, okay, this what is do how you I die. I'd be like, all right, this is it. What well, do you mean? What do you mean flying into a skyscraper like a like nine eleven? No, 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 no. I mean like you you're stuck. You either gotta wait it out or you gotta jump. Oh, I see. So like you could just wait it out and die, or you just get desperate and jump off or whatever. Like if you get hangovered on the roof, but you don't have any friends to come and find you at the end of the movie. Yeah, whatever. So, yeah, so like you hope like maybe a plane sees you, just like if you're on the ocean or something. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know whatever. You're just trapped. Okay, I'd rather be the fuck up there. <laughs> but it's like yeah, I would just lay down in the middle, hope a wind doesn't blow me off that motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I'm just like try to sleep it off. <laughs> just sleep <laughs> it off. I don't know. Maybe but I'm in the middle drugs. of the ocean. I will have a straight up panic attack. I will fucking have a heart attack right away. I'm like, okay, I'm dead. Just kill me now because. Something's gonna eat me. I'm gonna fucking. I, I want to wait around for something to eat me. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> That's the most sketch thing ever. Plus, I'm like, uh, I would fry in the sun. Cause you're here. Come over here real quick. Come. Is it cause you're ginger? Something like that. All right, let's go back. It's cause you're a ginger, right? He's <laughs> got red hair. No, and well, pale skin. I'm just very fair skinned. Yeah. You know? And I'll fucking be like bacon. Yeah. Um, I, uh, that, that's like the worst feeling is being in a body of water. You can't see the bottom and your legs are just sticking down into darkness. It's Fuck just, that. it's not even that. It's that's like, what it is for me. It's fucking creepy. It's like fucking, <laughs> I don't know what's in that motherfucker. Yeah. Well, that's the, everything's that, in there. That's Everything. the follow up to the fear is that I don't know what's in there. And that's why I don't want my feet sticking down into it. I don't want to be in it. I don't want, I don't, whole, I don't I don't, want any of my I don't body. Like it. <laughs> we're just all we're just bitching about how scared we are of water. Yeah, I don't <laughs> fuck with it. Uh-uh. No. Yeah, and that's uh-uh. why we that's why we will never get eaten by sharks. You know what happened? I'll fucking take a big old breath underwater. That's what'll happen, and I'll just end that shit. Yeah. <laughs> See, so I would I would rather. <laughs> crash! I'd rather crash and die on the land than have to fucking. I'd rather nine eleven. I'd rather have my plane nah. jacked by terrorists and flown into a building and have me be a passenger of that plane than have to drown myself in the ocean to keep me from dying by sharks. Yeah, well, I don't know, man. Dude, nine eleven like, jokes make you uncomfortable. Yeah, because it's not very cool. Well, I know it's not, but. The time has passed to where it's tragedy plus time equals comedy. So the time has passed to where comedy is now a thing. Nah, not when it was like... Yeah, that wasn't very tasteful, but... That's set up. <laughs> it wasn't like a real tragedy. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyways. <laughs> I just you know I just noticed that about you think, for the first think time. About, think about that. You know, think about, like, how many worse things is there, right? Burning up. If you were, like, burned to death. Uh-huh. You know, if you, like, dropped out of a fucking plane or something. Or, like, crashed a plane and smacked on impact, you know. Um, what? Drowning. You know, fucking, I don't know, I don't know what I'd be afraid of more, but I know that fucking, that the vastness of the ocean, more than anything else, it's like, it's like, literally, it's like being lost in fucking space. Yeah. You have, you almost have no hope. You almost have no hope whatsoever. There's almost no hope for you. Almost zero. Damn. It's true, and it's scary. Yeah. There's no worse way to go, like, your mind is fucking taking over. <laughs> You're fucking a creature. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're oh, now, no, man. You're, oh, you're no. now just some primal fucking, just some yeah. fish floating around in the ocean that doesn't know how to swim good and is going to die soon. You better hope you're a fish. Mm-hmm. So, um... This was, this was actually the first movie in the history of films to reach a hundred million dollars yeah. in the box office, and it was the highest grossing of all time in the U.S. until Star Wars Episode Four. Yeah. So that's dope. John Williams just on top of the game. <laughs> Always, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and Spielberg too. Didn't he have? Wasn't he part of Star Wars? Uh, yeah, he was. Mm-hmm. That's dope. So, you know, when we say this is uh, when we're like, this is one of them cult classics. It definitely was because it was the first to do a lot of things. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it was the first to show people how to make money with movies. I think like they did their own way. They did it. They did it real. It had that tangible feeling. It had that real reach out and touch it feel, just like Star Wars did. You know, it yeah. was a fucking 25-ton puppet or whatever. 12-ton <laughs> puppet or whatever it was. So um, they they used a shot in the film that has been coined the Jaws shot in film school, like when they teach it to people. And it's forward tracking while zooming out. So, you know that effect when you're like moving in on something, but it's also zooming out and you're seeing more of the background, you know, that kind of thing. And it makes it look like it was the shot they used when Brody realizes that fucking uh, that Alex has been eaten, whatever the fuck that. So when so-and-so realizes that the other guy gets eaten, he like looks and the camera does the thing where it zooms in and zooms out at the same time. And they coined that shot and you see it used in movies all the time now that's dope yeah that's fresh they used it in uh in tombstone it actually it actually originated in vertigo which was in 1958 yeah. that was the first movie to use it and then they made it popular jaws made it huge and it turned into the jaws shot and i always like there's something about you know i love movies and I'll like get lost in them and shit. And there's something about that shot that I love. I like love the way that it looks. 
how it's zooming in and zooming out at the same time. It's a trip because it like makes your perspective all change. And it's always at like a mind bending part of the movie where you're like, oh shit. And then it's really like your perspective changes. Like you could see more, but also see clearer. It's like a weird subliminal thing. Movies are dope like that. I just want to get in. I want to get into making movies. Like I've always wanted to like be a screenwriter or fucking something like that. Yeah, I think it would be really fun to to write a movie, and I think it would be fun to act in one as well. If if it was like you know. I don't know if it if it was something that we wrote, yeah, like apart for ourselves, you know, because I'm like, I'm not like one to memorize somebody else's shit, really. You know what I'm saying? So it would be it would be hard for me to like learn apart, but it would be easy for me to write myself apart. You know? Yeah, like that type of thing, and uh, and I think that would be fun. I'm super interested in it. I think the. I think the most tedious part is like the edit. Yeah. But I think that could be fun too. You yeah. Know, like I think it would be fun to like sit in and just like just learn every process and I don't know. I think I think it's a crazy thing making movies. I think it's pretty neat. Like the whole process. I think like when you have a formula like these guys do and you do it right and you create something that lasts this long and people still look forward yeah. to or look up to. You know, it's like a magical thing. You know, it's like. Not, and it's not, it's not everybody that does it, you know, not everybody can do this. It's like a few people. Yeah. And a lot of it is, uh, a lot of movies and this one are ad-libbed and improvised and, you know, like half of it's written and the other half is like, just do what feels good. What feels like your character would do right now. You know what I mean? And those are always the best ones, you know, that's how it is. It's more of a cohesion, you know, it's a fucking people work off of other people's feeling you know like you you guide yourself off of each other you know instead of just like off of like the direction you know it's more of like a feeling it's it's more of in the moment type of thing and that's that's what makes it good because it's it feels like natural yeah and uh the most the most famous line from this film we're gonna need a bigger boat was, was ad-libs on the spot he just said it he was like we're gonna need a bigger boat and it fucking turned into like the hugest thing and it's constantly referenced still you know how many fucking years later it's pretty neat man this was definitely definitely a big big deal definitely still a big deal i think that it's um never really like underrated or overrated you know i mean i think it's like on a pedestal i think that it's in its own realm once you hit cult celebrity i think there's really no comparison anymore you know and jaws is like one is one of those so i found out that during the filming a real shark became entangled in a line that they laid under the cage and they ended up filming it and using it in a shot in the film. They just blew it up. And then, uh, like, like zoomed in on it. They didn't explode the shark. They're not terrorists. And then, uh, there was another one where there's a scene in the movie where they show, you could see the shark underwater and he has a rope hanging out of his mouth. Yeah. And that's like a real shark 
that they had filmed some fucking shark experts and videographers went and filmed it. Uh, Ron and Valerie Taylor went out, filmed a real great white, and you could tell that his mouth is a lot smaller than the animatronic shark that fucking attacks the boat a couple seconds later, but they spliced it in there to kind of make it look real when you actually see the shark. And that goes back to what you were saying, how like the shark didn't work half the time. And if they showed too much of it, then you would realize that it was fake. You know what I mean? So they had to splice in like bought footage of sharks that they had someone go collect some accidental shark that they caught the mechanical shark all these different things all mixed yeah, together yeah. created the illusion of this one giant shark. Well, they also said that that one shark, they went out and bought a mini shark cage and they put a midget in the cage to make that shark look even bigger, <laughs> to make it appear like the person it was attacking was like a lot smaller than it. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> that's what it says. <laughs> Man, that's funny. I shouldn't laugh that hard at that. It's good though, right? <laughs> it's like a, it's just a mind fuck. It, it's yeah. all about like that's crazy perspective. Mm-hmm. Just bring the scale down, then you got a giant shark. Bada boom. So they did. They made a fourteen foot shark look jaws like. Damn. Well, that's pretty easy. Why not? So I think I I think that it could be done. All you really need is the creativity, and you can make any movie. So. Yeah. I say, I say we do it. I say we do it right now. Let's end this shit and let's go out and make a movie. All right, sounds good. Yeah, we're gonna go make a film, and we're gonna need some extras in our film. So email us at naturalhabitatpodcast at gmail dot com to get your extra slot. It's not gonna be anything weird. It's not a porn or anything like that. Yeah, and spoiler alert: it's also not gonna be anything at all. Are you gonna? You're not gonna say the end thing. <laughs> That was it. It was over the blank pause. All right. Natural Habitat Podcast. <laughs> Natural Habitat Recordings.